Hello, everyone. Since this is either a highlight, a standalone book, or the first episode in a series, I'm jumping in to remind you what the rules are for this podcast. First rule is no real people stories. That means that any details from our own lives are merely anecdotal. We do not read books about real people, and we are not reading historical fiction. The second rule is that we are basing our analyses off of how the author treats characters and what they put them through. We are not judging the accuracy of the trauma, the accuracy of any actual conditions that may be portrayed, nor the authenticity of a character's reaction to that trauma or that particular condition. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The hosts are not trained professionals, and their opinions come solely from personal experience. In this episode, we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all audiences. Please take care of yourselves. Specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes. Events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation. This episode contains spoilers. And I'm Robin, and this fortnight on Books That Burn, we are discussing Legendborn by Tracy Dion. So for we are doing something slightly different today. Uh, we realized when discussing our topics for this episode that we have one particular thing happening to several characters. Um, so... We are going to have a much longer singular discussion comparing and contrasting the way those three characters are handled. If you don't want mid-book spoilers, or even really closer to end-book spoilers, maybe just check out the book. (laughs) This is going to be a weird one. We can't really have you skip just one or two topics, so check out our wrap-up. We will be differentiating the characters in the wrap-up, so don't worry about that. Um, But if you don't want a spoilers discussion. Our whole episode today is a spoiler other than the wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, even when we looked at pulling one out as the minor character, that one would have been the most spoilery. Yeah. So it's just, it was no good to do our normal way. So for our factions, we have Bree, Alice, Nick, William, Selwyn, Nick's, uh, father, Bree's dad, Patricia, and then discussed but not depicted, we have Bree's mom, Nick's mom, and Selwyn's mom. So, uh, our, this is going to be a giant discussion of parental death and absence. So, uh, spoilers abound, ye have been warned. Okay, so. Uh, do you want to go in order of mm, most literal death to least literal death or reverse it? I actually want to go in order of how they're introduced in the book, because I think that that makes a big difference in the portrayal of it. Okay. So we know from the start that Bree's mom is dead. Like, that's kind of like backstory and sighting incident kind of things. Like, her 
her mother's absence due to death and the uh, cycle where that where her mother also lost her own mother at a similar age and for spoilery specific reasons um like that that's all that that that's known from like the very start of the book right um it's it is interesting because so speaking of that speaking of that particular portrayal of of this of this trope it's there's very little we see very little of or really i don't think almost any uh, of the outside perspective of what people are seeing all we really see is inside our main character's head and brie has kind of has to come to terms with how she even wants to deal with this and and the question of how do i deal with this is one that like kind of takes a good part of the book <laughs> um there there are some mm-hmm. stories where if a character experiences a loss or a parent or a parent um I, I was uh, either of specifically of a parent or just in general sometimes the author will tell us right away this is the thing the character is going to do and it will make them better or you just have like a mentor character who's like hey you have to xyz and then you will be able to move on you'll be able to heal this doesn't happen for Bree. Bree kind of feels very alone and very abandoned. Um, and it, to compound it by, you know, she mentioned several times that she kind of fought with her mom the last time that they spoke. And so she mm-hmm. feels maybe a little bit guilty, even though their death and was completely unconnected to her. Not even maybe. She feels guilty? Partly because she's now doing the thing that she and her mom fought over her doing. That is that is a good point. So, she does. It, yeah, that is. like she definitely feels guilty, but it's not like oh, we had a fight and therefore my mom I mean, died. It's, it's we it had is a in the beginning about- of the book. It starts out that way. Yeah. Um. It doesn't stay. It doesn't that stay way. that way. Yeah. Um. I I didn't get the vibe that she thought that they fought is why her mother died no but like her complicated well, feelings were tangled up with that and maybe you picked she, up on something i missed she has in the beginning of the book she has a couple of like moments in her own her own internal thoughts uh where it was mm-hmm. you know i know that if we hadn't fought it wouldn't have made a difference she wouldn't have lived but like you know so that's that's not a thought that we're led to believe that is a thing she believes but it is a a like semi-reoccurring background thought that she has to repress and be like no i was not in control of this (laughs) you know very she starts out very survivor's guilt very what if i don't want to be a survivor guilt and then it it evolves from there and then she starts doing things that she thinks her mother wouldn't have done and then she realizes maybe there are things her mother did do and that was worse and or better you know depending on the moment (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, ready to. Yeah. What's our our next Nick's? You want to TLDR our next character? Yeah. So Nick um, is a 
uh, a boy that she meets at the col at the the college. She's there for like a high school students at college program, and he's there for similar but slightly more complicated and legacy reasons. Um, Cell, who we're also going to talk about, is there for slightly different but similar reasons, and Nick. Um, so I actually have like the perfect um page where uh Cell describes what went on like with Nick's mom. Yeah, go for um, it. Um and it says, you know So so Nick Nick's mom um kept doing a thing that Nick's dad and the several hundred or perhaps a thousand year old magical institution that he's part of didn't want her to do couple thousand and she believe yeah (laughs) and she kept doing it and so they they wiped her memory uh if you've seen babylon 5 they did a whole it 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 changed her so completely that it feels like a death of personality Mm mm-hmm and it, they did it to the point where she doesn't remember Nick anymore. And, like, he ran into her and she didn't know who he was. That's just gone. Um, And, like, we, you know, we, other than that description, we don't know how it affected her. We don't have her perspective on any of this. Right. But, like, from Nick's perspective, it... Cell's take on it is that Nick resents his father for staying and resents his mother for leaving. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we do get a little bit more. We don't get like explicit things from Nick. We get like offhand comments. Um. Oh, I don't think Cell is wrong. He just no. I I don't think Cell is wrong. But we we do. I just want to point out we do get a little bit of Nick being upset with his dad because his dad moved on with their lives <laughs> uh-huh. you know and we get a we get a little bit of <clears throat> nick upset with his dad because nick's mom was trying to pull him out of the thing that they're in a little bit and then you know right. his dad pulls him back in and it goes well actually we're gonna we're gonna work even harder and nick is like we're not though like hey something terrible just happened and his father's like but we're fine and we're gonna keep going and he just gets up to that so we, we do get a little bit more of it there where it's it's not just one left and one stayed, but it's that they're, it, it, it's, his, it's his father's just apparent disregard for his mom and apparent disregard for Nick's wishes and, you know, just in general, lack of yeah. respect for his other two family members. His dad just kind of says, if I want it, if the order wants it, we're going to have it and doesn't really consider anybody else. And even if he, like, thinks about it, he... D- whether or not he thinks about how it's going to affect them doesn't appear to change what he decided to do. Yeah, I mean, even if he vaguely thinks about it, he doesn't actively consider it, and he doesn't really talk about it with his son at all, so... Yeah. And the book also doesn't invite us to speculate on Mm -hmm. how much what his dad did to his mom hurts his dad like it yeah. doesn't go there it doesn't try it's it's like no like it is um uh understanding is not an excuse i think is a thing that i would definitely right. say right is a theme like we know why you did what you did 
and that, that doesn't, doesn't make change. it fine. <laughs> that doesn't still make a it problem. Fine. That doesn't make it better. Yeah. Um. And then Cell, uh, is told that his mother is dead. So he thinks that his mother is just dead. Um, and if you've hung on to this point and you're like, thinks, and you haven't read the book, go, uh, I recommend reading the book. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, his mother isn't actually dead. She's just still in the same kind of like lifetime indentured servitude that you can't leave that cell is actually also currently in um well just, no she might be in a kind of worse one but the 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 mechanisms that are used to keep her there are very similar to the ones used to keep him there but he doesn't know that she's still in it except that she's, she's gone she left she got out oh sorry you're right I was mi mistaking it for the years where they, where she hadn't gotten out yet and oh, was okay. still stuck the, in it. The years where Cell yeah. thinks she's still imprisoned. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, there's kind of like, he he thinks that she's still working for them and isn't dead. And then he gets told, when sometime around when she escapes, they just tell him that she's dead instead of admitting that she got out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he the the way Cell describes it, um, before he knows that she's not actually dead, is when I was young, my mother was killed by an uncle well on a mission. After that, my human father fell into a liquor bottle and never came out. So Cell kind of like loses both of his parents. And yeah. so that's part of why we're talking about him as like abandonment is because um, his dad just shut down and stopped functioning essentially. Yeah. yeah. Like Nick and Bree, as much as Nick doesn't like his father and as much as Bree loves hers, both of their fathers are still around. Cells yeah. is gone. So the the concept we are actually talking about today is how those three mother death disappearance vacate uh the the um them leaving their children's lives is is handled i i think it is interesting because so often we get characters who you know there it's very rare that i read a book to be fair i i read very specific genres because those are the ones that really hold my attention um and that I can focus on for various reasons. Um, so I don't read everything, but it's rare in my, my reading experience to have one trauma explored so many different ways. Mm -hmm. In my experience, a lot of what ends up happening is that we have every kid is different. <laughs> every character has some vastly different thing that makes them a unique person. Or we have everybody all in the group lost XYZ. It's rare to have this technically the same, but like not really once you know the details trauma that only a couple of people have experienced. Now, to be fair, these are our three main characters. However, 
it's still kind of it's it's still pretty different they're not all they did their parents didn't all die in the same accident for example right right yeah and it it's definitely like exploring um the gulf that that leads Mm -hmm. to and like how much because one of the things that happens um with this is all of them in different ways lose access or lose easy access at Mm -hmm. at least to parts of their personal histories Mm -hmm. um because of their mothers being gone like um for for cell people are actively keeping it from him just like actively stopping him from knowing things where he would make very very different decisions uh potentially uh if he knew certain things and we know this because when he finds stuff out he proceeds to make some very different decisions <laughs> i also um, i also really want to just point out the timing in the book and the uh-huh. way that the characters find out about different things, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> technically speaking, Bree, our main character, our point of view character, knows from the beginning that her mother is dead. Uh-huh. Okay? About maybe a third, two-thirds, about a third, halfway through the book, somewhere in there, uh, we find out that Nick, who Bree finds their arc their character uh background Mm -hmm. uh about like second about halfway through the book um has known since before the book and then cell finds out in media res what is actually happening even though they've known that their mother is gone again since before the book so we kind of get this uh like nick knew first then Bree, then Cell finds out what's happening, and then we get like Bree is first, then Nick is next, and then Cell is last. It, it's it's very spread out. It's not characters that are talking over each other. It's not characters that are like, well, you lost your parent, well, I X Y X Y Z. It's it's all moments of like, you know, we find out that Bree has this this loss right in the beginning, and Bree's kind of handling it or not handling it and dealing with it or or not dealing with it, and then when. Bree tells Nick what happened to her. Nick goes, ah, yes, uh, this this is familiar. <laughs> and then, you know, later Nick tells Bree what's going on and Bree doesn't, it's not about, you know, the, the protag necessarily. It's, it's her saying, okay, no, that makes sense. I can tell where you're coming from because I also have experienced this. And then, you know, the probably the first actual genuine, like, respect and, and thoughtful connection between Bree and Cell happens when Cell finds out what actually happened to their mom and Bree tells Cell a little bit of what happened to her mom and then they realize oh maybe we aren't horrible people maybe we're just both suffering and we need to not be terrible to each other (laughs) a little bit yeah and like very, very early on when Brie meets Nick, part of what she appreciates about him is that when he finds out her mom is dead, he doesn't, like, immediately do the platitudes that she is 
absolutely sick of hearing. Um, yes. By this point. Uh, and like long before she finds out about his history. That is a thing that she appreciates. And I giving the characters like. um, I'd say like kind of this. Background and substructure in common that lets them um, navigate each other's rough edges not perfectly but in a way that feels distinct from how the characters who don't have this uh behave around them and talk to them i uh i liked i like that mhm and i rereading this for the podcast i was struck by how just like how in how insightful cell is in particular and, <laughs> yeah um how how these characters like they have such different perspectives on what could have been them having all the same emotional landscape in common around this thing and they don't right it feels distinct to the point that when we were Beginning our notes for this episode, we started to think it was going to be three very different traumas, and then we realized, <laughs> oh wait, oh no, no. this we this actually may be a little bit of the same. <laughs> yeah, and it it's nice because this doesn't this didn't feel like a everyone's mom is dead book, right? But right, but it's not not that because <laughs> it, it you know it was obviously the re-dealing with her mother's death book like you know it's, it's that from the get-go i also highly appreciate that this is not a uh, this is not a fridge your wives <laughs> book um no even to the point where like we have major spoiler alert skip ahead 10 seconds if you don't want to hear this uh we have a couple of characters who we have other characters have met their mothers. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you know, it's, it's not, it's not all this, um, gone forever. What are we going to do? Kind of thing. It's, it's very, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to say this without like giving more of the twists away. Um, it's not that we have fridged the moms forever it's that currently in media res, they are not on screen. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like one of them knows all this, knows about the other one's parent and then meets them. It, it's not right. nearly as tidy as that. That would be too, that would be too succinct. That would be like, is this a plot or is this a pile of coincidences? Uh. Right. <laughs> Look, you can have a plot that's a pile of coincidences, but it needs to not feel like it. And this right. doesn't feel like that. Or or it yeah. has to be a big deal that it is. And this is just very smooth, mm-hmm. very very character supporting each other that just happen to be in similar circumstances instead of, mm-hmm. you know, instead of, oh, you as well? Oh, wonderful. Like, that, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So... 
ways we've talked a lot about the setup and the comparison between these what are some ways that we have that are different <laughs> let's get into that a little bit um so i already kind um, of outlined like when the characters find out the actual details of their situations um so kind of like this is you know uh the state of information that they have by the end of the book Mm-hmm. Um, Bree is the only one who, unless magic is gonna be involved in some necromancy, which I don't <laughs> anticipate for the sequel. Because, <laughs> like, this is the first book of a series, and the second book right. isn't out as of the time of recording. But I am, I'm so excited. Same. Anyway, uh, it'll be available soon or now. With Bree is the only one who, barring some extreme magic intervention, has no hope of getting her mom back in the flesh to be able to talk to. Mm-hmm. Nick has the Nick has met his mom after she didn't remember him anymore. Right. And he is caught, especially when he finds out about some ways that Brie is as a character, he gets hope again that maybe he might actually be able to get his mom back. I have no idea whether a sequel would take that or not. But like the, he kind of like, gets this hope and then finds out more details about how Bree's thing works and then like loses that hope again. So he gets kind of like this optimism and then this loss again during the narrative. Something Cell gets hope. Cell ends this with last we knew his mom is alive. Cell has like a real chance yeah. of getting her back. And I I, I really, really want that for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like how of our three, again, in order, for the first one we find to the second one to the third one, where our characters, they, uh, one parent is just gone. Now, yep. maybe for insert reasons here, they might be able to talk. Bree might be able to talk to her mom again. But her mom is dead, gone, not coming back. Then Nick's dad, Nick's mom, whoa. Nick's mom is gone, but physically still there. Memories gone, abilities to talk gone. But Nick could technically find her and look at her and be sad and be confronted with that in physical, in her physical person there on the scene. Cell might actually, you know, might might be able to, to see and talk to his mom. I, I like that it's it's differentiated that way. We go from gone forever to, well, maybe. Yeah. And with Nick, like, oh, he can talk to the version of her that currently exists, you know, that yeah. person with that name, but the essential bit of hi- of her that is his mother is gone. Yeah. Is, is gone. Yeah. It's also very 
something else that's a little bit kind of different between them is just how <clears throat> how on screen or not their pain is. Like we see Cell go through just his own working through his own emotions physically on screen. We don't really see that for Nick, which I think is interesting. And to be fair, if if Brie was not our main character, we wouldn't see it for Brie either. She specifically does not process things in front of other people, basically. Yeah. So I, I think that that's, that's interesting, too. And that's less to do with the trauma and more to do with just the characters as they are. Um, but the fact that we, we can see Cell's on-screen emotional reactions in a way that we really don't for the other two characters who might not see their parent again um, is is interesting and if you're parsing it out so that you know if you're planning for a future book let's say it does not surprise me that the character who could meet their parent again is the most vocal and physical with their trauma (laughs) they're the ones that we're gonna see we could easily just see their reactions later and i think i think i think that that's interesting now we don't know that he will but (laughs) because a lot of what Nick has to deal with is what to do and wh- what to do with the parent who is par- is responsible for his other parent being gone. Mm-hmm. Bree doesn't have that issue. Cell doesn't have that issue. Right. Um, and I, so like Nick does a lot of processing on screen with issues with his parent but it's mostly but it's his just, dad. It's his and dad. Not it's his not mom. His, not his mom. Yeah. Anything else we want to we want to kind of talk about? No, I think that's it. Just to let people know, uh, in the wrap up, we're going to refer to cells, um, traumas, abandonment, Nick's mm-hmm. as memory loss, and Breeze as parental death. Yes. Um, just so that we can refer to them easily because they're handled very differently but it just felt disingenuous to have tried to talk about them with those titles completely separately yeah when it's memory loss of a parent abandonment (laughs) of a parent death of a parent (laughs) yeah (laughs) we have three separate reasons why your mother is not in your life so it didn't make sense for us to like pull them out and completely just like just separate them from each other especially when you know we have this we have similar themes with just different avenues that the the story was written in so yeah so uh again abandonment for cell memory loss for nick and parental death for brie and we're gonna move to the wrap-up We've made difficult decisions. And there are still more ahead of us. Two people aren't enough to save the galaxy. We need the toughest. Smartest. Deadliest allies. We need you. We need you to join us. And listen to Reignite. A certain point of view podcast about storytelling. Love. And Mass Effect. Join us every other Thursday as we fight for the fate of an entire galaxy. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Or 
at certainpov.com slash reignite. We're counting on you. We should go. On to the wrap-up and ratings. Uh, You may notice that there was just one big topic. It had, we couldn't really disentangle it, but we had some subtopics within it, which we're going to refer to as abandonment, memory loss, and parental death. Mm -hmm. For the gratuity rating for abandonment. This is very pervasive, affects a lot of her basic functioning, decision-making, and thought processes. So it's not mild. I could make a case. I think, I honestly, I think it's severe. Um, Well, it may be moderate, but I think it's severe. For, oh, I guess for, yeah. Okay, okay. By by her, you mean the person who left. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I, was, I was like, this is not our topic for Brie. What do you... Okay, okay, we're good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the effects of it are just pervasive. And yes. Yeah, abandonment is all... Abandonment and neglect are two ones that are always tricky whenever we talk about them. Because yeah. it takes a lot to have a severe version of something not happening. Um, right but but in this case it's i do agree yeah it's it's very different in this case uh memory loss uh this is backstory i mean technically part of the the, yeah the abandonment isn't really backstory the memory loss i think is backstory and the character that we do interact with who'd be most affected by it it seems as though he's most affected by other tangential things. Does that fit your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think the depiction of it, the the problem, yeah, except we, well, I, I honestly I actually think it's moderate and okay. just treated with care with our author. Um, sure. That, that's my opinion. I'm good with moderate for that. Uh, and then parental death. It is it is severe. Um, just the, the, the main character processing that yeah. is the inciting incident and effects just it's not even it's not one and done. Like processing that is the arc of most of the book um like it's i just i think it's definitely severe right all right integral interchangeable or irrelevant the abandonment i i think the abandonment is interchangeable Because uh, we literally, yeah. we literally well, because we've we've literally had our alternate possibility shown. Yes, we literally know what the other option is, or a other option. So it's it's interchangeable. Um, some things in the later book would be a little different, but but um, not not plot different, just implication different. Yeah, like just it'll the one the scene sequel. reveal different, and that's all. Yeah, the memory loss. Um. I think 
this may also be interchangeable because, again, yeah. we kind of already know what our alternatives are. Um, right, right. Honestly, for for abandonment and memory loss, I think they could be swapped with each other for the characters. Yeah. And also, either parent could have died. And it would not really yeah. have changed our story very much. Yeah. Um, the, like, parental death, um, relevant to the main character, it, look, it's integral to the plot. Um. Yeah. It just, it, it is. You, you can't take that away and still have this book. You just, you cannot. Right. Were the traumas treated with care? Well, did we do parental death? What? I just said parental death was integral to the plot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, then, so was the trauma treated with care? For the abandonment... Um, yes. No. Yeah. Maybe? <laughs> enough? I, I think it's either yes or enough. Um, if you want to go with enough... I'm all right with that. For me, it just felt like yes. For the memory loss, I think that is that. That to me feels like yes. Like it's yeah. I I think the difference is that our character suffering from abandonment has a lot more of on-screen processing than our memory loss character mm-hmm. does. Yes. Even though neither of them is the point of view character. Right. And then right. as for our point of view character, for the parental death, I would say... This is hard. I, I think it's either not enough or enough. Um, yeah. Because there is care taken, but... The the part... I, I'm, I'd like to say... I really do think this one is enough... And because it, it's such like a careful unfolding of it as a topic mm-hmm. where like, look, you can read the synopsis. And if, if you know, parental death as a topic is tricking for you in a way that means you need to not read the book, you can know that from page one. Like, right. It it's at, all the untangling of it is done with so much care and because it's it's very very upfront about that being a topic but like in in like a gentle like easing your way into the implications of it like at the escalation isn't random like at, at whatever right. point you need to to stop if that happens you you can stop there it's telegraphed enough in advance i would say this is just enough care yeah i'm i'm Um, good with that uh the moral directionality i think this is pretty uh, well over okay there are several big contrasting themes in this book um Mm -hmm. it's difficult because there's a couple of moments where it's kind of muddy 
but a lot uh-huh. of the major themes are very clear. It's individual decisions in the moment that get more muddy, if that makes sense. But our overarching themes are very clear and very solid and very, like, these are acceptable, this was not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, like... So, I, I'm not actually certain if if our, our, our muddy, nitty-gritty daily decisions turn the entire thing muddy, or if we're going overall arcing themes, it's very clear. I think it's clear because the way that the characters pivot their actions once they know what's happening consistently Uh, aligns with the clear direction. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, when you have bad information, you make a bad decision in this book. (laughs) Uh, When you get better information, they adjust. Yeah, Um, and then it's tracks. Yeah. And then very clear which characters were not interested in making uh, good decisions ever. Uh, Yeah. Then the point of view for the trauma and the aftermath. It's Um, just Brie. Brie It's just Brie. I would um, say that, yeah, it's it's Brie the whole time. Um, I would note that we that none of the parental deaths happen on screen. I would like to yes. just briefly mention yes. that. That's given how much we've talked about. It, I think that is important to note. Yes. Uh, breathe the whole time. All right. For the trope spotter, we have laser guided amnesia. That does not mean uh, literal lasers. Um, <laughs> what it does well, mean is that the that someone. In this case, someone, but in terms of the trope, it could also be something, has the ability to get rid of exactly the memories that they are trying to remove Mm -hmm. um, very precisely. In this case, the laser-guided amnesia seems to be kind of time-based, but we have implications of it being able to be precise in other ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. Uh, it's kind of a, a frequent thing throughout the book. Uh, all right. What was your favorite non-traumatic thing about the book? Uh, I have two. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the trials and the training. Uh, I Uh thought that the trials made sense. I thought their explanation of why they were what they were and how people can change them and how they're not the same every year made sense. I like that for the trials that are skill-based and not just here accomplish a goal, that they actually had like training that happened. Even if you're kind of assuming that everybody basically knows what's going on you still give them a chance to get into a practice ring with instructors and work on those specific skills um Mm -hmm. and then when it's something more along the lines of um uh capture the flag it's capture the flag (laughs) you don't get training for capture the flag so yeah um, but I, I, I thought that that made a lot of sense and I thought it was very cool and it was a very good depiction of what that would be like uh, mm-hmm. up, up to and including our main character not actually having those skills already. We got that as well. 
Uh, This was not a main character suddenly gains 10 years of sword practice overnight. Like, that does not happen even a little bit. Mm -mm. So there was that. And then also, I, I liked how just Cell and Breeze going from absolute enemies literally blaming each other for the things that were happening because of other people um mm-hmm. to actually working together um yeah and respecting each other and it it felt very natural it didn't feel like ah oh, of course this has to happen cuz plot reasons like it, it it felt very just okay it felt very gradual it felt very organic it felt very like they are seeing things about each other and then kind of rethinking their points of view. Probably my favorite part about that is that they both pretty severely insult each other and wound each other at one point, <laughs> And then the next scene they have together is them going, uh, okay, maybe I went too far. Oops, sorry. <laughs> and they don't actually apologize, but they both do admit like, okay, you know, I, I should not have said that. That was not okay. And also that it's completely different. It's completely separate from either yes. of their interactions with Nick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they don't become friends because either of them is friends with Nick. That's actually like a barrier. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not um, we're both in Nick's life, so we have to get along. It's, oh, maybe I was actually being pretty cruel to you and maybe I should stop. Uh-huh. On both on both ends. Yes. Uh, speaking of interesting friendships, my favorite non-traumatic thing, other than William, William's great. Love William. You 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 need you need a a great emotionally supportive medic in a basement in your. It's just great. It's great. Love William. Uh, and then I oh, also. Oh yeah, Will- William's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. William is everything like- you want in a combat medic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Calm, competent, doesn't like. Ah, it's great. It's great. Doesn't you know take insults and things. It's so good. Well, also, great. also uh, takes his also- job seriously, but not takes, but does not take seriously the things people yell when they're in pain. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's that's uh, that's a good lie to tell. Yes, I also really really like uh, Alice and her friendship with Bree because yes, it, yes, yes. It, her reactions to the things because she's not involved in all of this stuff um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make sense um and I, i'm not gonna spoil anything it just i really really like alice's arc um she's not in the book enough to to me feel She's more than a minor character, mm-hmm. less than most secondary characters. I really hope that there's more of her in the sequel. She's just really well set up, even though she doesn't have a huge on-screen presence. Right. Yeah. But um, I really, I really like her. Uh, well... That's it for our discussion of Legendborn by Tracy Dion. Uh, in the long arc of time, <laughs> th- the sequel will probably be out. Uh, <laughs> at some point, hypothetically, but, when you're listening to this. At some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Hope it's good. I obviously haven't read it yet. If I'm saying things like, hopefully it'll be out. Right. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> this is, I, I love, I love Legendborn. It's, it's mm-hmm. just so good. Um, It's one of those books where it's like, do we hold out for interviewing the author or do we go ahead and cover it on the podcast? And this is the way right. we went. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very pleased with it. So uh, thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you in a fortnight. All music used in this podcast was created by Nicole as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with permission. Our transcriptionist is Heather. Follow her on Twitter at MamaDragon20. We're proud members of the Certain Point of View Network. Find all the CPOV shows at www.certainpov.com. You can contact us on Twitter at Books That Burn or by email at Books That Burn at Yahoo.com. Please consider leaving us a tip at Kofi.com slash Books That Burn or becoming a monthly supporter on Patreon.com slash books that burn all patrons get access to our upcoming book list bonus content including the second half of all interviews and will receive a one-time shout out to get updates on our written reviews recent episodes and newly completed transcripts subscribe to our fortnightly newsletter at buttondown.email slash books that burn you can find us on apple Podcasts, pandora spotify or wherever you get your podcasts please leave us a review wherever you're listening this helps people to find the show thanks for listening we'll be back in two weeks